There I am. There you are. It's a me. I'm not, I'm not in front of the microphone yet. I'm buttering some bread. What is that a euphemism for? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome to, 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 think, 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 outside, side, 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 the box said this is too annoying to keep doing, hi, yeah. hey everybody, <laughs> welcome to the dumb bad show where we try to do sound effects and stuff, uh, otherwise known as think outside the box set, and uh, well, what we actually do on the show is learn to appreciate an artist's back catalog. And I am Nathan Hunt. I'm Cameron DeWitt. What did we listen to this week, Nathan? Well, we listened to a, uh, a Your band. Your favorite childhood album. Yeah, my favorite childhood <laughs> album. It's a band you may have heard of. They're called Smith And they have an album called Astro Lounge, which has a song that you may recognize called Ulster. It was in the movie <laughs> Shrek. Could... Wouldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> you daren't have said it better yourself. No. <laughs> yeah, we finally got there. It's been a long, grueling week, two weeks, but we finally got to the peak of Smush Moth's creativity and fame and money and relevance. And it's all down here, hill from here. <laughs> it, well, yeah, it is. I'm sure it's going to be like a long, slow, just fade out like Alanis. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's just full of hidden gems though. Well, I don't know. Do you think this album was full of hidden gems? I thought there were a lot of better moments on it than in the last album. Yes, it's definitely a big improvement over the last album. Um yeah. especially musically, lyrically it's still kind of bad. Yes. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just so many uh, absolutely meaningless words and lyrics. Uh, none of the songs has anything at all to say. And it really sounds like a lot of these songs were absolutely written to be commercial songs. Um, and to that end, I think it's pretty telling that the Wikipedia section for this album titled Song Information is almost entirely about the various soundtracks and commercials that these songs were used in. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, this this brings, this brings us back to... Um the idea of the poetic bluff, uh, which I think is a <laughs> yep. a term that uh, we we coined in the Atlantis oh, days. Oh, don't be modest. You coined it. Yes. Uh, it is, the, the idea being we're going to say something so sort of like obscure and just like, um, what could this possibly mean? It could mean anything and mm, probably just means nothing. <laughs> like it's, uh, put, putting the onus on the listener to ascribe their own meaning to it. Um, mm -hmm. which can be a good and hospitable thing for a songwriter well, to do, but it can, I think well, depend, like it can be well done. Just, just like theoretically, you don't have to have it. Well, you don't have to have an explicit meaning for something in order for it to be valuable and for, in order for it to be good lyrics. Okay, I, I, I guess I can uh, I agree with that. Yeah, and you don't. It doesn't have to have a, like a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> this uh -huh, is just but. sort of uh, 
just sort of weak um it it's it has the posture of cleverness and profundity but without any of cleverness or profundity uh huh and absolutely it's just so much of that in here mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah there are why does this band remind me so much of ICP? It really does. Oh man, yeah, I got a lot ICP ICP vibes. <laughs> did you say ICB? I did. Insane clown bosses. <laughs> <laughs> Insane clown boss tones. They're not so mighty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to hear it now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. I was trying to come up with a boss tones poll, but uh, oh, that's the impression that I get yeah um magnets how do they work that's the impression that they i get what uh speaking of miracles by the band icb there is a song on here that reminds me a lot of miracles oh yeah yeah we'll get to it um yeah but musically it's definitely you can okay you can hear smash mouth changing course on this album the last one was like ska punk garbage and the only song that made any kind of dent or splash or made, like anyone cared about at all was Walking on the Sun. And so they're like, oh, I guess we should completely change our entire band and make an album out of Walking on the Sun, which yeah. is essentially what they did. It's a lot of pop pop craft, like a yeah. lot of stuff that's not in their actual band, like little glockenspiel moments or like little twee moments and arrangements. Yeah. I'm really curious, like how much of it like was just added by producers or whatever we have additional musicians who are not in the band we have mark camp which i wonder if he's related to greg camp the guitarist and lyricist Uh, mark Mm. camp played sci-fi stylings which include turntables and effects yeah Uh, there's lots of that yeah lots of that there's like yeah there's like a half-baked like ufo kind of thing going on in this album that i don't know i do not know what you mean ufo um the uh, band no unidentified flying objects like spacemen you're just talking about the concept yeah yeah you're gonna have to explain yourself do i you mean like saucers (laughs) what what needs more explanation than that what do you what well yeah but why are you why are you talking about flying saucers (laughs) because they're like all over this album it's got like this these weird like sci-fi spacey like uh little green men thing especially the very first Uh, song yeah, you're right. There's the satellite song. There's the "Who's There" song, and then arguably anything home, else at all. Arguably home sounds like he's beaming up to space. At that at least, I kind of think that might be what he's implying when he says, "I'm going home." All star stars. Whoa, mm. fallen horses, <laughs> just like fallen stars. Yeah, yeah. Space, definitely. You're right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. And I'm that's dumb. why I said it's it's half baked. Is like. It's kind of there, but it's definitely not a concept album. Um, it's oh not God. even a third baked. No, that's like that's like four songs. It's not even completely mixed out of either. A, out of a fifteen <laughs> song album. Uh huh. This, I think, I would have enjoyed this album a lot more if it was um, uh, a much shorter album. Yeah, if it had like five to ten fewer songs. There's yes. a lot of filler. Um, yeah. Let's see. It is. It is only fifty minutes long. With 15 songs. So at least most of the so songs are fairly ideas. short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many non-ideas making yeah. ostensibly songs. What if aliens? Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, the first time I turned this on today, listening to this album, I was kind of awash in a little bit of non-consensual nostalgia. 
Um, oh, like there Cameron, it is. <laughs> give it to me. The delicious I nostalgia. Didn't want to feel so it. So rare. I did not want to feel it. Um, oh, delicious. Tell me more. Yeah. So as Cameron alluded to, I, this is one of the first CDs I bought. It was probably within the first five, I think. And I got it used at a used CD store in 2000, maybe, maybe 2001, probably not as early as 1999. Um, yeah. And I think it was $5 and I might've overpaid. Um, (laughs) yeah, but I, a lot of these songs were like more familiar to me than I thought they would be. A lot of them are very catchy. Um, oh, yeah. and there are some like pretty good musical moments, uh, which I appreciated, yeah. but it definitely like transported me back to the olden times, which sucks because the olden times were, <laughs> were terrible. <laughs> what a bad time that was. Yeah, it really was the late nineties, early aughts. Oof, Oof. Not good for me personally. Um, I don't know about for other people, maybe culturally it was fairly bad also but it seems that, bad. Is that, but is that ever not true for any time period? Um, you know, cause like the most, like right now, the most, um, the most popular show on television is like young Sheldon and people are listening to, I don't know, whatever garbage, like Domino Gleason or I don't, I don't even know if that's the singer or the actor, but like whatever that like, that's the actor. <laughs> what's the, what's the, um, what is the singer one? That's dumb and was on game of Thrones. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> You know, the guy. Domino Gleason is the uh the like alt right like star Star Wars dude. He's alt right? What? Well his character is. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, thank you. Um who am I thinking of? Ed Sheeran. That's yeah, pretty much the same thing. Oh. Domino Gleason. <laughs> you you're not into you're not into Ed Sheeran? Sexy ginger music? Uh, I've heard like one song or two and they were just like dumb yeah and there's like a bunch of like yeah, they're pretty dumb genericana music that people are really into for some reason and like mumford and sons you know there's, there's like a lot of stupid bullshit that's very popular pretty much at any given time so here's a, my impression is that there are more non-mainstream options um than there ever were and that there are more people um uh, abandoning the mainstream than there ever were um, that that uh, I don't know if that's true, that, but just based on like teens, like mm-hmm. uh, working with teens for so long, like they knew the pop music, but really like their favorite music was like various YouTubers and stuff like that. <laughs> so mm. like um, what is the, there's less like cultural hegemony, hegemony, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. Um, you may be right. Yeah. And that's definitely supported by the anec data of the people that I know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to say like how, I mean, you know what, you know, what? let's do this. Let's, um, let's look up viewership numbers for young Sheldon Oh my God. or let's do big bang theory. Yeah. Um, big, what would be the equivalent friends? Probably yeah, not equally right. as stupid. I don't want to like lump them in together, but it's, it's like, Similarly, a broadly appealing sitcom that was very popular during its time. Um, so let's let's just take a quick comparison. This is going to be very good podcasting. Just uh, people sitting here listening to me uh, Google things. Now, isn't that make for um, compelling, exciting audio? I'm not going to fill for you. <laughs> 
Okay. Series finale of Friends. Watch uh, May 2004 was watched by 52.5 million American viewers. That's so many goddamn people. That's series finale, though. That's true. That's true. Find a 1999 episode of, of Friends. Gotcha. And how, see how many people watched it. Okay. Season six of Friends. Let's just pick a mid-seasons episode. Looks like they're averaging between like, whoa, 20 to 30 million viewers. Okay. <laughs> now let's look at, here we go. Oh, this is great. This is Statista, the statistics portal. And average number of the Big Bang Theory viewers in the United States as of May 2018 by season in millions. So very comparable numbers. Um, yeah, they are averaging 20, like 18 to 20 million. So not that much uh-huh. less popular. Yeah. That seems, that's like 7 million less. Uh, well, the average for the season for Friends is 22.6 right. million. Oh, okay. Which is just a, a tiny hair more, like less than 10% more than some of these seasons of Big Bang Theory. Huh. So it's about, about the same. About equal, yeah. So, yeah. but, well, but, you know? but as share of population, okay, let's, let's really, okay. U.S. population. <laughs> How much has the population really grown though? 1999. It's definitely grown. Um, population of the United States in 19. Isn't it just great listening to two people do back of the envelope statistics live on air? <laughs> isn't that just so compelling? Yeah. Especially when it's just, um, to support, uh, tangential conversation yeah exactly okay so resident population in 1999 was 272,691,000, or uh, 691,000 i guess um and now it's 327 million so let's see 272 divided by 22.6 22.6 over 272 is about 8.3 percent okay to 20.5 over 327 is about 6.2 percent so that's like half wait what did i just say 8.83 versus 0.62 or sorry 8.3 versus 6.2 percent i thought you said it's 12 percent well shall i do it again 272 no it's <laughs> 8.3 percent is what is what is <laughs> that's the percentage of people who watched friends in 1999 Oh, okay. Versus 6.2% watched Big Bang Theory the last year or so, year or two, three. I see. So it's slightly less ubiquitous. Slightly less ubiquitous, yes. All right. So we still got Smash Mouth culture is essentially what you're saying. I think it's still there, but, you know, maybe it's died out among younger people because I also don't know, like, what the demographics of Big Bang Theory is. Right. Versus, like, you know, it felt like fairly young people were watching Friends and maybe it's mostly old people watching big bang theory maybe it's like the people for like who grew up in monoculture and are still yeah. like going for it and the younger people are much more into like hyper specific internet cultures i suspect that's true all right well all of that tangent to say that i will, will probably cut out some or all of that but it's also more interesting to me than talking about smush moth all right uh let's start talking about these songs yeah what do you want to talk, talk about? about the song I want to talk about who's there. Okay. This is a pretty good song, I'd say, uh, which is what I say to stall to get me to find where I put the sound sample for it. Who's the... God damn it. Where is it? What number is it on the album? Oh, the first one. <sighs> Dummy. Children gather and wander. Who's 
songs. Uh, did you see that I said that uh, this song kind of sounds like um, our friend's old band Jolliffe? Oh, you did say that. There, there is sort of like a modern sound to this song. Like yeah, it, I can see that. It kind of, it's a, it's a little bit. It has some of those sort of like dreamy kind of um, introspective qualities that I would associate with, uh, you know, the grizzly bears. The grizzlies bear, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God damn, holy crap. Uh, I just noticed we've been recording for an hour, almost almost 80 minutes. Yeah, that's why I started the <laughs> old, uh, song portion. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, I got to do another podcast after this. So. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I'm I'm displaying some of that uh, classic Nathan avoidant behavior. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> let's, tell, let's talk about Telecasters. Which is another thing that, which is a sort of a meta avoidant thing to do because I'm using that to avoid talking about this song because it's such a nothing <laughs> song lyrically. Yeah, so this is the song about um, aliens. UFOs. And about, are there UFOs? And um, wouldn't it the, be uh, crazy? This little verse says, little green men, eyes shielded with a shaky hand, the wo- the women screaming and the children gather and wonder. And um, this genius is- annotator uh, Seldiora says, this is the stereotypical representation and reaction to aliens in the movies. Which is exactly right and is probably oh, yeah. more implicitly critical than they meant it. Yeah. Um, this is like such a minor thing, but it really bugs me when um, people use this style of writing as a way to try to sound poetic to just leave out the subject to say little green men eyes shielded with a shaky hand it's like yeah whose eyes and who are shielding them and whose hand is it like it just it bugs yeah. me when people write that way it's like yeah just poetry that's not what poetry is or how it sounds that's that's poetry to me <laughs> poetry to my poetry. ears yes this album is like music to my ears. It's similar to that. It reminds me of music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's some cool music in here, though. Uh, I want to. I want you to play the sound sample that I prepared for this. It's um, uh, more three measure phrases, which I always appreciate. Yeah. Um, like the verse has an interesting, um, interesting form. Uh, and then there's a moment where the guitar is playing parallel fourths below the sung melody. Hmm. And uh, I think it's a really nice arranging choice. Okay. Right there. Yeah. Um yeah, it's like a catchy catchy song and um there's like different sections and with different arrangements and there's actual, you know, kind of pop rock counterpoint behind it and I think it's like a yeah, decent song musically. Just uh mm-hmm. lyrically it's just uh so forgettable. Mhm. Yep. Uh shall we highlight some of the dumb and boring lyrics? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's like one of those songs that is like Hey, here's this idea, but I don't have anything to say about it. You, you look to the stars for answers, your face glowing in blue. You smile at the thought that there's something out there. Suddenly a smile turns to a stare. Wait, whose smile? Who's staring? A million tiny light bulbs shining. Just one of them. (laughs) Through celluloid across the country. Yeah. Um, So it's just like, yeah, there's, it's like, 
It's like a really boring pop song adaptation of Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. Wait, is that what that movie's <sighs> called? Close know. Encounters of the Third Kind. Ta-da! I got the title. Eventually, this one should be called Close Encounters of a Turd Kind. <laughs> I daren't have said it better myself. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, do it. You've done it again. <laughs> do what you done did it. Now he's just full of that d wit. All right. Um, let me continue my my latest fun trend I've been doing of just choosing all the worst dumb and bad songs of every album we get to. Let's talk about <laughs> Roadman, our favorite oh, no. song from this entire <laughs> album. Roadman, driving in the road van. He's got to beat the clock to the next town. Roadman, driving in the road Oh my god. Did you show Rachel this song? <laughs> I didn't. It would be an insult to her entire history and everything she stands for and what her dad does for yeah. a living. Yeah. <laughs> her dad's a reggae musician. So this is some really, really good reggae music. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> With a really fun, just non-offensive reggae voice. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he's um so the most baffling thing to me about this song is the fact that they think it belongs on this album and not just like a B side or a C side or a D side or an F side F for failure. Um, it's on this album as if it were a real song that people could listen to with their human ears. That's baffling to me. Yeah. So this is a song about, um, the driver of a band, the, the driver person who drives the, the, the band around in a van driver person, Um, Cameron. I think he's more of a roadman. Yeah. Roadman. (laughs) He likes to drive really fast and it ends up killing him. Yeah, it's a cautionary uh, he tale. He gets hit by a train. Yep. <laughs> so. Cool. Yeah. Roadman didn't see the train, Mon, until it was too late to slow the Vaughn. Meanwhile, the band is waiting for the Roadman, who is crushed by his beloved sound system. Yeah, he rhymes system with Roadman. He doesn't even really try. No, he doesn't. But he definitely like he does a lot of tortured like um, uh, emphasis for rhythm. Yep. Crushed by his beloved sound system. Ugh. Yeah. Gross. You have and sound at samples. one point they say hmm? the band. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> the bond. The bond. <laughs> the bond. Um, yeah. So yeah, just some bad fake patois mm-hmm. <laughs> just play both of them they're the same yep let's get that groove Wait, this is the same sound sample i took yeah, this is the same uh do the other one he does like a <laughs> he does a it's just a very fun uh drum fill vocal ah, drum fill great <laughs> you asshole <laughs> oh my oh god this is an insult to reggae to ska to dance hall to rocksteady to like any kind of uh music that has any legitimate connection to jamaica or any caribbean island in any way and it's just <sighs> so great hearing his um aural uh caribbean blackface yeah it's just takes me back to the old 
the old Apple Jacks commercials when they started making cinnamon Apple Jacks and they had a cinnamon stick who was Jamaican. Oh, no. Cinnamon. <laughs> that sounds extremely racist. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. You remember that? Did you uh, see that? <laughs> you know how people of color are like cartoons, essentially, that we can uh, <laughs> use as props in our commercials and our weird yeah. pop songs. Isn't that great? Yeah. So I don't even know if this character is supposed to be Jamaican, like who they're talking about. The they road say man. Roadman. Yeah, but like, is the idea that for is it just that they're singing a reggae song oh, and so they're trying to use the voice? You know I what I mean? See. Like, does is there any re were they just like, we want to do a reggae song? Um, and then it the actual content of the song has nothing to do with yeah. Okay. Well, I think you're, I think it's very possible. You're bringing up an interesting point because I think you're sort of um, getting to the issue of whether or not certain genres of of uh, music need people to sing in a certain way. And I yep. think there may be some truth to that. Of like, when you sing a reggae song, you do have to like use a certain kind of. Um, what's the word like uh uh timbre or sing in a certain rhythmic style or something like right. i think there's definitely something to be said where you know if you want to sing like irish traditional music you might sing a little bit differently than you if you were singing like you know american country music just the, right. the different genres of music have different singing styles associated with them and i think there's definitely some truth to that but they definitely go way too far on this song it's it's tricky too with um reggae because I'm sure that there's a huge, like, diverse community of people from all different cultures who play reggae music and sing it. Um, I'm not sure of that. I just wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, there's a, there's one specific sound and that's like Bob Marley. And that's like what right. people associate with reggae music. Whereas like hip hop um, has just so many different, uh, like, there's not like a Bob Marley of hip hop. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's it's not like you have to imitate one particular person in order to do hip hop. Right. So you don't have to sound like you're putting on aural blackface. Yeah. To do it. So Yeah, but there are definitely like white people who play reggae that don't go this far. That have like a certain they like have um like reggae styles of singing that are not as yeah. as far and appropriative and disrespectful as the way Smash Mouth does it. Yeah, there's probably a way that you can still sing in your own accent, but you can um but you can change like the envelope and the delivery and like all of the actual dynamic aspects of it that aren't um don't make you sound like you're trying to yeah, do an impression. Yeah, I think maybe um of an ethnicity. Probably <laughs> a, yeah. probably a good example if I can figure out who the uh, lead singer is, um, would be the band UB40. Um, do you know the band UB40? No. They're, they are, the lead singer is a white guy from the UK, and they, their most popular song is the, a cover of Red Red Wine, which they did in like a reggae style. So he is a white guy um, who sings a reggae song. It's, a, it's like a reggae cover of a Neil Diamond song, so that's like a whole nother, another issue, but like... Um, they're a reggae band that happen to cover a pop song and the guy who sings it, you can like hear him singing in a reggae style, but without putting on this weird, like 
minstrelsy character. Right. Which, I mean, I never thought I'd be using UB40 as like a positive example, but like, yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right. There you go. Oh, uh, maybe we should move on. Yes, we absolutely should. Um, I chose Roadman. What do you want to talk about? Let's talk about the song Stoned. Oh, interesting choice. So While we were listening to that song, I happened to glance up in the uh, Wikipedia article for Astro Lounge, this album we're listening to right now, and Wikipedia says it, this album, that is, includes the single All Star, arguably the group's most well-known song, which, right. is there anything arguable about that? It's by far uh, the thing they're most famous for. Like, why would you say, why would you think that was equivocal in, like, any way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, arguable would... would imply that someone could argue something else exactly yeah um right so the song stoned yeah we just heard that sound sample i i just really hate the way this steve harvey guy sings you know steve harvey the lead singer of smash mouth (laughs) i guess his stage name is steve harwell but we all know what his real name is (laughs) i just he's like affected snotty like like throaty style of singing is just like really unpleasant to me i don't like it very much yeah he is just he's coding as someone who has a real shitty attitude yeah and this song lyrically supports that um Uh uh-huh so this is a song about uh someone who is totally in control of the their consumption of substances um and their relationship to drugs Leave mm-hmm. me alone. I'm over it and everybody's moving on, uh, et cetera. Uh, my mind is blown, but it's my own. So deal with it. I'm feeling fine most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's very defensive. Very defensive. I got no strife. I'm loving life. Could you say the same? Whoa. You don't have to move to the groove. You don't have to move to groove. I don't know what that means. So come on up and see me, but leave that judge behind because I'm loving life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm getting stoned. What's wrong with that? The president seems to be just fine. God, remember <laughs> when Clinton kind of sucked and he come I think he came out and saying that like he smoked marijuana but he did not inhale. So yeah, remember when like Clinton kind of sucked but he was still better than most modern presidents since, since Carter? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty low bar though. Yep. Um yeah. So So I I don't have any issues with weed. I mean, yeah. Uh, at least one of us on this show has been under the influence while recording. Not while um, recording. Well, yeah, dude, you ate you ate those cookies. Well, they didn't kick in until probably half hour after we stopped. Oh, okay. Yeah, edibles take a long time to take effect. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, well, but, one uh, of us is a little baby that doesn't have any kind of experience. <laughs> he saw the Jimi Hendrix album, Are You Experienced? And he looked at it and gravely answered. I said, sir, I am not. <laughs> sir, I am not. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm glad you jumped in with what you were saying, because that was way better than, <laughs> than what I was saying. Uh, that was like a very Angus McDonald voice. 
I'm ready to le- I'm ready to learn. <laughs> Jimmy. Sirs. Hello, sirs. I guess this isn't our adventure zone fan cast. I guess this is our nope. Smash Mouth uh anti-fan anti-cast. Yep. <laughs> um Yeah. The, this episode's I, just for us. We're not casting it to anyone. <laughs> Narrow casting. Just our own pods. To ourselves, yeah. Um, yeah, this is like I don't know. I I feel very uh at sea trying to talk about a lot of these songs because there's just so much there's nothing to say. It's like this is a song about how he's getting stoned and fuck you and he's being defensive about it, but he's totally fine, so don't worry. Yeah. It's okay. We're all right. We're just getting high. Let us be. It'll be all right. Which I mean, I can I can kind of get behind that a little bit because I think marijuana usage was like even more frowned upon back in 1999, which is almost yeah. 20 years ago. Holy shit. Um, so I don't necessarily think it's bad for them to try to push back a little bit. Um, yeah, they're just not pushing back in a very compelling way. There's so many. Well, they don't do anything in a compelling way s- lyrically. Yeah. There's so many things you could say about, you know, I mean, they're trying to say that, like, in a lot of their music, I think that, like, capitalism is, like, kind of oppressive. And um, Are let they? me just... Do- I think so. No. Um, I mean, I-, I think that's kind of what... I think that's kind of what uh, Walking on the Sun is about. Um, I don't think they'd even be as specific as to use the word capitalism or to identify... No, I, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. But I think that... I think I think it's just more like non-specific angst of like this is how the world is, but I don't like it because it it it, it more reminds me of lots of uh, white people, especially in like the music scene, would get a real bee in their bonnet about um, bands, quote unquote, selling out. Like that used to be a very big issue that I think nobody cares about anymore, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it reminds me of just like a lot of people in the nineties, like maybe grunge fans or something. It was like, that band sold out. It's that kind of criticism. It's not like specifically anything about capitalism or really about culture. It's just kind of like uh free floating angst that is like very vaguely about some sort of um, non-specified authenticity or yeah. reality re- realness i guess or something like that right. yeah it's it's like yeah not very good criticism it 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 just sort of sounds more like they're salty about having to uh endure consequences for their actions that um bar them from certain privileges yes this is a lot of these songs are written from a very privileged perspective which yeah. we saw a lot someone in the last someone album. who's opting out you know yeah of of what they're privileged to yeah um and and are salty about it so there is a uh musical mistake in this song Ooh. Um, we haven't gotten to just straight up musical mistake in a while uh and it is a i think that it's a mistake because uh steve is singing a a law which is the a major six note mm-hmm. Over a minor four chord, which has um, a lay or a flat version of la. Um, so the the band is playing a minor four chord, and he's singing it as if it were a major chord. Oh, um, so it's like a it's like a wait, it's like dissonant against the root note of the chord. 
It's Disney. Oh no, sorry, the third. the third note yeah, of the, the third, chord. Third. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, it's just like a little moment, but uh, to me, it's like this isn't a actual decision to do this. There's no uh, real reason to do this, and it, it sounds bad. So, oh, you know, I play can't that example. wait. I believe it's the last word he sings. You don't have yeah. Wait, which one? Which he sings. It's the word groove. He sings groove, but oh. the band is going da. Oh, so it's da to, and da it. at the same time. Let's hear it Go again because I was trying to hear it in the yeah. la- in the last part of the sound sample. You don't have to move to oh yeah, I guess I do hear that a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's just like a little thing. It's not a huge deal, but yeah, it's like it's kind of yeah, subtle to my guys, ears at this, least. This is a <laughs> this is a huge record, you know. Like you guys yeah. should have caught this. You don't think he's trying to be chromatic because it's a far out song about getting totally zooted and, and baked out of your gourd? Yeah, I guess I'm just being the man. Yeah, you're trying to get him down with your <laughs> telling him to conformity, right. <laughs> telling him to sing good notes instead of bad ones. All right, let's ditch this song and go on to another shitty song that also involves a lot of stupid moronic privilege it's called defeat you you remember this one yeah oh great such a huge bummer of a song <laughs> it's it, it's i i don't remember if you were talking about the album or about a specific song, but this is one of those where it's like such, I guess it's a poetic bluff, but it's the kind of, um, what's the word like, uh, indulgent poetic bluff of like, yeah, we're going to set up this weird straw man to attack and everyone can just get real great feelings about attacking this straw man with us and feel like we're all on the same side. Yeah. It's like they don't specify who they're talking about or what yeah. they're criticizing them for, but they say things like, hey, I know where you're from. It makes it that much nicer to meet you. Hey, I know what you've done. It makes it that much better to defeat you. Whoa. Yeah. yeah they're sort of, I don't know. It, it's sort of like they're casting themselves as a sort of plucky um, protagonist. Like an um, underdog almost. Like an underdog, yeah. Yeah. They're, um, at this point, real overdogs because their last album sold like 2 million copies. Yeah. <laughs> overdogs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Nietzsche's concept of, uh, the, the Uberhunden. <laughs> Very good. I wonder if that's anywhere close to like actual term. <laughs> um, are you looking up right now? I hear you typing. <laughs> I hear you. You can't hide from me. <laughs> Hunden. I'm looking it up. Uh, Nope. Nope. How do you say dog in German? You're avoiding. Uh, Well, now you say something about this song. (laughs) Uh, Verse six. Your honor, your honor. It's not me. It's the invisible, visible, evil powers that be. Untraceable, insatiable, having to feed. Yeah, you cry when you're wounded. And you Ugh. laugh when they bleed. What the fuck, smush moth? <sighs> I think its meaning is pretty obvious. And if I have, I'm not even going to deign to explain it to you. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's so obvious. 
Um, just real time follow up. Uh, the German word for dog is Hund, but in, oh. in that classic uh, gotcha of trying to look up German words on Wiktionary, you have to type it with a capital letter if it's a noun. Otherwise, Wiktionary will not pull up the right results. Huh. So if you type it uh, capital H Hund, you will get uh, the Wiktionary page. Uh, and apparently the plural is Hunde and not Hunden. So it's like an irregular plural, I guess. I don't know. Uberhunde. Uberhunde. Die Uberhunde. <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, isn't, let's, um, we're, so we're changing this podcast. It's going to be all about, uh, grammar and statistics, which are uh, the most fascinating <laughs> subjects on the planet. Now, yeah, I love it. <laughs> that's really thinking about the outside the, the, the box set because, um, yeah, the, the, the real, the real box is thinking that those are boring things. Yeah. <laughs> So, speaking of boring things, Smash Mouth song, Defeat You. Yeah, again, this is like, I just, this song is dumb and has nothing to say and uh, says it for three or four minutes. Let's talk about Then the Morning Comes. I think there's at least some good uh, music in this song. Yes, there is. So push me wine just in time, thank anybody, you're gonna do it again, the way that you are. I, I kind of love that cheap fake organ sound. Yeah, me too. It's they're they're really getting into their groove as kind of like uh, cheap imitations of '60s pop, like yeah. uh, the the late '90s, early aughts version of the Monkees, because they do actually yeah. uh, cover a '60s pop song on this album, and they cover "I'm a Believer" on their next album, which was used in Shrek Two, I want to say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they, they're kind of like, um, no, Shrek one. It's at the end of Shrek one. Really? I think. I'm oh, not sure. Oh no. It's been a while since I've Shrek. Okay. <laughs> well, everyone gets a dry spell now and again, Cameron. <laughs> you chose a song. Um, tell us about yeah, it. Yeah. So I don't really know what this song's about. If it is about anything. Is this a song about liking a woman? Um, and just sort of being generally impressed by their, like, kind of outlook on life. Cameron, uh, I can't believe I have to explain this song to you. Let me just read the lyrics. Paint the town, <laughs> okay. take a bow, thank everybody. You're going to do it again. You are the few, the proud. You are the antibody, mind, soul, and zen. I think that speaks for itself, personally. All right, fine. So this, yeah, <laughs> this song is total bullshit. Um <laughs> <laughs> the uh, thing that I like about this song is that uh, it changes key. We in, on the show we've had a lot of shitty key changes, uh, yes. especially the um, the classic "take it up a whole step" key change. Mm-hmm. Um, that obviously is really hard to do in a in a <laughs> legitimately good way. It's a really tired musical cliche, um, but this song has some really good key changes. It starts in the minor key. And then it goes to the relative major, meaning every minor key um, has a major key that uses the same notes. So that means that um, if you're in a minor key, you can change keys to the major key um, without too much work. Um, You just have to uh, sort of decide which note is the tonal center. Like, Mm -hmm. um, so... 
it I don't want to get too technical about it, but basically um there are certain there are certain sounds that make it sound minor, um, but then you can kind of adjust it in a way to make it sound major um using the exact same notes. Mm-hmm. Um and uh this song does that. Uh so in the first sound sample, then the morning comes relative major. Um you can see how they go from the minor to the relative major. Yeah. You're gonna do it again the way that you are. Once again, that's the exact sound sample that I had. Yeah. <laughs> but we heard but it. Now they're listening for yeah, it. But yeah. now but now the listeners are listening this time. Yeah. Um, so, um, in that, in that first, uh, sam- uh, in the sample, uh, this was the, uh, tonal center. I don't know what actually note it is, but, um, um, then they go up to the relative major. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and then they do a really neat thing later on in the song, um, where they actually change to the parallel major. Ooh, what so, does that mean? Um, so that means instead of, um, so this is the minor key. Um, so a minor scale would be do, re, me, fa, so, le, te, do, like that. Mm-hmm. But if you change to the, um, if you change to the relative major, it would, you would just start on me, do, re, me. Then if you start there and go all the way up, then it's major. Me, mm-hmm. fa, so, le, te, do, re, me. Because mm-hmm. it's the same notes. Right. Uh, but the parallel major would be do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Oh, so, so it's, it's the major different scale. notes, but the same tonal center. Okay. So it's but, it's essentially like if it were an A, it's changing from A minor to A major. That's right. Whereas um, but the, the, really, the, the relative major would be A minor to C major. Right. But the cool thing about this is that it actually goes from C major to a major so it goes from the relative major to the parallel major oh i believe in this sound sample that's cool let's i might do a classic juke and correct myself right after hearing this but i think that's what happens well i can't wait for any of that well don't Yeah, I, I definitely noticed listening to this uh, song again, just like how many good key changes there are and how non yeah. like uh, like how how natural they feel like they def- you definitely yeah. hear them happening, but they're not like drawing that much attention to them- themselves. Right. It's like, they're Look they're abrupt, us. but not jarring. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's just like pretty good pop craft. So I'll give that to Greg. I just wish someone else wrote the lyrics. The lyrics. Yeah. He's I yeah. I definitely appreciate the way he writes music um now that they yeah. decided they're not a punk ska band anymore but I still Do you think Steve ever gets his hand on the ball? <laughs> Do you think he ever writes any uh, songs? He helps write one of these songs at least. Oh really? Yes. Um which is a good segue into a song that I like to call Fallen Horses because that's the name of the song. So this is another what dumb is song, song about nothing. The chorus is, tell me why, why, oh, why. I said, why, why, oh, why. 
So if that doesn't clear that up, I don't know what will. But it this song took five people to write. Greg Camp, who's their uh, you know lyricist and guitarist. Steve Harvey, which is their singer. Uh, <laughs> someone named Lyle, who I think is their bassist. Kevin Coleman, which is the manager and drummer. And Michael Kluster. I don't know who that is. But uh, yeah. Verse two goes, blinded by the whiteness, staring at the sun. I'm wishing that I had wings so that I could become one. Uh, would you help me if I wanted to die? I could ride off with horses tonight. And it's Yikes. all about verse one is like, could you tell me where I might find fallen horses? Their spirits, they fly. This is a very bim bam. <laughs> yes. Literally got ghost horses. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, like, boy. he's also apparently wanting to commit suicide so he can go hang out with the ghost horses. And well, he wants duh. someone to help him commit suicide. <laughs> would you help me if I wanted to die? I could ride off with horses tonight. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, Blinded by the Whiteness should be just the name of this album and the band. <laughs> yeah. Just the like n- um, non-introspective, just like white privilege, but also wanting more privilege perspective. It's just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so great. Um, the sad thing is that it is introspective. There's just nothing there to spect. <laughs> <laughs> The the direction is inner, but there is no inner, and there's nothing to spec. So I guess we're left with IV. So it's a real IV album. (laughs) Are we going to spend the rest of the time talking about Smush or uh, All Star? Yeah. Let's see. Is there another song? Radio's pretty good. Wait, did we talk about Then the Morning Comes? Uh, Yeah, we did. That was the one, the relative major parallel minor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let's talk about radio a little bit, just like real quick. I think it's okay. pretty good musically. It's pretty dumb lyrically, which is a common theme, but here's the chorus. Going down. It's, it's just like upbeat and fun and it makes some interesting choices. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's more poppy than pop punk. I'd say like those glockenspiel moments, like pop punk does not yeah, usually have right. glockenspiel. Come on. You're right. Um, and I think it's such an interesting choice to like do this big build up to the chorus with like the three voices coming in where it's like Steve Harvey says, uh, town. And then I think it's probably Greg camp, the guitarist who says town when whatever like the harmony and then another third voice comes in and sings a higher note for town so it makes like a a three note chord it's like this big build up to the chorus and then there's like instrumental chorus for like several seconds before steve harvey comes back in and and sings san ho who would have ever thought Hmm. yeah i don't know it's 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 an interesting musical choice do you want to hear it again or should we not yeah okay do it again Yeah. It's like a um it's like a, a sped up Bruce Springsteen song, essentially. Like uh from his uh you know, Born to Run album. Yeah. I can yeah. see I can see that. And it, it definitely has like, you know, aggressively distorted guitars that are sort of out of a pop punk sound. Um yeah. particularly the intro, which goes like this. Thank <laughs> you. 
I feel like I'm playing Crazy Taxi. That <laughs> uh, would be around 1999. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it definitely like starts off fairly pop punky, but then it gets much more poppy and Springsteen-y. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a dumb song about how they've made it. And who would have ever thought that these scrappy overdogs underdog (laughs) scrappy overdogs from san ho would have ever gone anywhere so all right i guess uh now that they are the overdogs and they've made it we can talk about all-star um so because it's a kind of obscure song that not a lot of people have heard (laughs) it's very good that i have a sound sample of it you'll never shine if you don't glow hey now you're an all-star get your game on go play here it is so i have folks. a genius annotation about that uh the end of that great <laughs> or there in the beginning so, of that example there are so many good genius annotations never oh my god never has the word genius been so misappropriated <laughs> on a song than on this one that's mostly what I want to talk about for this song. Um, so the lyric, she was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Uh, the she what could in that question possibly is mean? Uh, probably the person who once told him that the world is going to roll him and that he ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. So why is she so, walking uh, around with the, an L on her forehead? That doesn't make sense. Why would she do that? So um, I, I, Josh, um, it, this is an annotation from six months ago. So this is Whoa. a recent revelation. Whoa. <laughs> People are still talking uh, about this song. It's still relevant. I, I, Josh says, this is referring to the symbol made when the thumb and the index finger of the right hand is held to the head, presenting an L, meaning loser, to the viewer. Wow. It takes way more words to say exactly the same thing. In, in, resp- <laughs> in response... Bazinga Bazinga said two two months ago. I love the detail of this explanation. Thanks. I I actually struggled to understand. Well that's that's a nice moment of vulnerability from Bazinga Bazinga. I appreciate their honesty. And And then M Katz says um uh 24 days ago. In addition, it's also showing the ignorance of the speaker. It shows what? he doesn't understand the universal language of calling someone a loser by the speaker saying she was looking dumb. What? <laughs> Wait. Oh, so, is the speaker referring to her? No, I think the Wait. the speaker is uh, Steve Harvey. Oh, Steve Harvey. And, and Oswald? There you, yeah, they're like, and then she's like, you know, making the shape of an L on her forehead apropos of nothing. Yeah. What a dummy. <laughs> Wait, is she trying to like do it at him to say he's a loser? But then he is turning it back on her. Is he's saying that she looks dumb for saying that he's dumb. But she has that. Why is she doing the L? Is, but is she doing that? Because he's him? a loser. Okay. So she's doing it at him. But he's saying, well, she looks dumb because she's doing the L at me yeah. to say I'm a loser. That makes her look yeah, dumb. And M-, and M. Katz is saying that Steve Harvey doesn't get it. Uh, and that makes him dumb. Oh, I see. I get yeah. it. They kind of have a point. Because, yeah. Uh, Cause she's, if she's doing it at him to say that he's a loser and he's like, oh, she looks dumb doing that. <laughs> dur, dur, dur. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Um, so speaking of bad lyrics, 
Even in middle school, I thought the following lines were pretty groan worthy, which is the, let's see, third verse? Third verse. Somebody once asked, could I spare some change for gas? I need to get myself away from this place. I said, yep, what a concept. I could use a little fuel myself and we could all use a little change. You know, just, just, something, what a concept. just something in there to like make you think, you know? That's start, a real thinker. A real thinker. Just uh, leave something in there that people are going to ruminate on for a while, for years. <laughs> so even in middle school, I thought that was stupid. And uh, uh, I did not. I thought it was super cool. <laughs> <laughs> there are definitely lines in here that I thought were uh, pretty cool. I fell for every poetic bluff Ooh. ever thrown at me ah, as a middle schooler. <laughs> great. I fell for a lot. Um, including this award-winning mixing of metaphors here in the uh, in the bridge or chorus or whatever. Only shooting stars break the mold. <laughs> yeah, break th- break that down for me. Well, <laughs> so a mold is something that you use to cast, like cast iron or plastic or something. It's like a little a little like reverse shape. Like, say you want to like cast a- an iron pan. You would have like. I do a block of steel or something else that is the exact reverse of the shape of that pan. So it's like, it's a big block and the only, um, unfilled space of the block makes the shape of the pan. And you just pour some molten Mm -hmm. iron in there. And that is a mold to make the pan. So shooting stars will break the mold. And I guess they'll break everything else because it's like a fricking meteor meteorite that like crashes into the ground and blows up the factory and destroys the town too so i guess in that sense it's it is breaking the mold so they have a point there but not specifically breaking the mold it's like it's everything so do you want to take us on a literary journey talking about the lyric uh and all that glitters is gold i think you're uniquely (laughs) well are you referring to the um now this is actually kind of a a little bit of of a genius annotation uh, because it is extremely well sourced. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there's a genius annotator. This is four people worked on this. Holy crap. Okay. Uh, so first off, they give three quotes. But all thing which that shineth as the gold is not gold as that I have heard it told, which is from Geoffrey Chaucer, the canon yeoman's tale in 1390. Then the next quote, all that glisters is not gold. Often have you heard that told. <laughs> William Shakespeare, the Merchant of Venice, 1599. Next quote, all that, does, all that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. J.R.R. Tolkien, The Fellowship of the Ring, 1954. Impeccably sourced genius annotation. This, and then they continue. This all, all leads up. All leads up to this, <laughs> to Smash Mouth, the culmination of Western literature. And the genius annotators say this, along with the last three lines, are what the narrator was always being told when he was younger. See the beginning of the song. Given constant positive reinforcement, the message that anyone can be a rock star or an amazing athlete, you can do anything you set their mind to. But this idea takes a left turn with the next line, ellipsis, which I guess means all that glitters is gold. And then, yeah, it's you can definitely tell that four people worked on this because it's a little bit disjointed. This additionally, yeah. they continue, this additionally alludes to the line in Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. There's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold, portraying that as a rock star, you get, quote, everything you want all the time without giving back any thought or consideration, which is apparently a quote from Robert Plant in Total Guitar Magazine, <laughs> December 1998, which is also the culmination of Western literature. Total Guitar <laughs> Magazine? Yes, please. Study that in my English classes. 
So that's the literary journey well, of that single line. There's just like centuries of history. On. Yeah, and they use it so well. They definitely don't just throw in a phrase that they heard one time no, and they're like no oh. Greg Camp definitely wasn't just reading uh guitar <laughs> magazine or whatever yeah I was like oh that's a phrase that I am not even gonna bother Total to guitar. think about but it sticks in my mind yeah. I'll just throw it in my song um all right so I'm gonna read some more uh, genius annotations if you'll allow me uh so there are um four paragraphs on the line fed to the rules and a hit the ground running oh my god I always thought um, that was and this is, back to the rules and I hit the, the ground running, but I, heard, I listened to it again and it definitely is fed to the rules. So this is from five different genius annotators. Mm. Um, five o- geniuses? What is this, a Mensa two... convention? <laughs> they, they put this together over the past two years. So here it comes. At one point, the speaker gave in to the mundane rules that society set for him before realizing that this was not the life he wanted. Fed to the rules is reminiscent of the saying fed to the wolves, implying that society attempted to sacrifice his individuality for the sake of maintaining their social order. Whoa, That's pretty good. So deep. <laughs> Instead of giving in, the speaker's immediate reaction was to run, in quotes, and escape this typical life and all its rules. The use of the idiom hit the ground running highlights his speed and enthusiasm in doing so. <sighs> the idiom hit the ground running also implies a head start, implying that it was necessary to have an advantage to survive in the world. Does it imply that? <laughs> I don't think it does. <laughs> and the last paragraph here is, this reflects a micro-understanding of American philosopher Will Durant's It absolutely saying, does nation- not reflect that. <laughs> a nation is born a stoic and dies an Epicurean. Well, everyone knows what that the means. Po- <laughs> identifying the popular pattern of individual stick- strict adherence to virtue through hard times, but their abandonment of these virtues when it results in enjoyment and greater freedoms. Dr. Shrek Wait, what? writes in the first person <laughs> purporting to be such an individual advocating against this and promoting the value of integrity. Wait a minute. Dr. Shrek? Are you kidding me? It, that's what it says. <laughs> Is there a Dr. Shrek? I looked up Dr. Shrek and there was just a lot of uh, pictures of the cartoon character Shrek <laughs> in doctor outfits. Oh, sexy doctor so, so, outfits? Yes. <laughs> I mean, well, that's obviously yes. yes. <laughs> Every that's uh, redundant. I mean, necessarily yes. <laughs> all Shreks are sexy, and all doctors are sexy. Double sexy Shrek. Yeah. Um. There's Doctor Shrek free listening on SoundCloud. It's got to be it. Um. Oh there's one God. more uh, line that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the lyric, "You'll never know if you don't go." Um. Uh. He, uh, anonymous zero zero said two years ago if there's no risk then there's no reward that's not well, <laughs> that's not always true <laughs> that's not what it says <laughs> um and then uh they go on to say you have to try take a shot at something to be successful in life for some people it's it what <laughs> for others <laughs> maybe it's cooking <laughs> for smash mouth he found his life in music <laughs> you know that guy smash mouth <laughs> mr mouth <laughs> I'm so inspired by Smash Mouth and all of his successes. <laughs> oh my god! Despite his obvious uh, adverse uh, adversity of having a smashed mouth, yeah, he found success in music. Uh, he was he was fed to the rules, and he had to overcome that. Yeah. Oh my god! I also love that someone replied to that annotation whose username is Toot, 
And this person says, in the words of Ms. Frizzle, take chances, make mistakes, get <laughs> messy. Which That's is, a better line than anything in this entire album. <laughs> well, obviously. And sexier. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> All right. Wow. That's uh that's Astro Lounge. This is this song, this song All Star is very similar lyrically to Walking on the Sun in that it's just like a uh, bunch yeah. of like jumbled up fra- like half remembered phrases just kind of loosely barfed into a bowl and then that bowl is poured <laughs> into a blender and then that blender is blended up and then it's thrown in an oven of mediocrity. I like to keep my barfs tight. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, pal. Yeah. Uh, yep. Well, so that was Astro Lounge. That was it. <laughs> what did you think? Does it stand the test of time? Uh, musically, I, st- I still think there are like some pretty compelling things going on in let's say five to seven of these songs like yeah. we, we made fun of some uh all-stars lyrics quite a bit for their well for their stupidity but musically it's like uh, just a you know pretty great pop song extremely catchy it's not famous because yeah. of its lyrics of course it's famous because of the extremely earwormy nature of its music yeah they're like well 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 like that That's is such a really a good hook. catchy melody yeah um and not just because of the the notes and the rhythm but uh because of the um the instruments yeah that's uh, got some arrangement glockenspiel on it and all the dj no one scratches anymore in pop music and i miss mm-hmm. that yeah so oh oh speaking of in, unusual uh moments in music one of these songs has a theremin I don't think I got oh, a sound sample of it, but it's one of the more spacey UFO style. Huh. Um, maybe I'll drop a sound sample in it if I can be bothered to put that much work into editing. <laughs> maybe you will. <laughs> mm, maybe. Perhaps I will. Uh, it is the song Home, which I actually liked pretty well. Um, actually, I got two sound samples of it. Should we listen to it? Or do we need to get done? You I need, think we need to get done. We need to get done. <laughs> People okay. can listen to it on their own. Yeah. Uh, go check out the song Home if you can be bothered to uh, tolerate Smash Mouth. All right. Well, I guess that wraps it up. Next week, we're going to be talking about their um, album Smash Mouth. Oh, that sounds a little bit familiar. I wonder where I heard that before. Hmm. Huh. Um, I also found some extremely fun, just like uh, highly critical reviews, let's put it that way, of this album <laughs> on Amazon and uh, iTunes. But none of them were really like that original or funny. So I don't think I'll take the time to read them because I, I took all my time uh, figuring out statistics in real time, which I think makes for a much more compelling audio experience. <laughs> Listeners, yeah. back me up here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, until next week, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Tobias Podcast. We'll probably um, look at those. If you, if you talk to us, we'll try to actually look at any of those accounts. Uh, if you write us a review on iTunes, that would be very good for us. And if you want to go a step further and give us actually any money at all, you can go to our Patreon. It's support.boxset.website. And if you give us $2 or more per month, which is very little money, let's, you know, let's, it's like half a yeah. coffee, let's say. Um, you can get access to all of our bonus content, which includes such gems as our weekly bonus show, What's in the Box Weekly, and What Was in the Box This Week, Cameron. 
I talked about Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Highs and lows. Highs and lows. And I talked about Telecaster. Guitar. It's the one with the the one that, that you've heard on the music. Yeah. And we're also going to be releasing very soon, if it's not already released by the time you're listening now, a uh, bonus episode where we watch the ABBA movie musical Mamma Mia. Yeah, we had fun with it. We had fun with it. It, it more. Yeah, we, I, I had mixed feelings about the movie, but we had fun with it talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and you can always listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool, which is about old time music where he plays with and interviews old time musicians. Uh, so it's got a little bit, a little bit of an interview show, a little bit of a live music podcast of which there are not many that I know of, which is yeah. pretty cool. It's uh, it's like a, almost like a third, just like newly recorded music. So yeah. we, we play together on the show. So everything you're hearing is happening uh, and it's not just a re- pre-recorded sample. Yep. Like some shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel attacked. All right. So until next week with the album Smash I feel Mouth. jammed. <laughs> yeah. I've been Nathan Hunt and I'm a real uber hoond. I've been Cameron DeWitt and I had a close encounter of a turd kind. Oh, I'm Nathan Hunt and I like to keep my barfs tight. All right, can um, we just um well, can we spend the rest of the time talking about All-Star? Before we before we get there, okay. I I um actually first as a side note, I kind of was was thinking how great it would be if we did an entire episode about this album and never once talked about All-Star, but um I guess we can talk about it. But um I was texting with our friend Zach. Uh you remember Zach? Hi Zach. Hi Zach. And I uh I told him about one of these songs where I had the note um that let's see smash mouth invents an aggressively hedonistic and moronic form of nihilism uh which is one of my notes about all-star which we'll get to um and then he was he was saying that like not enough blame is given to smash mouth for inventing guy fieri hair um and then i was riffing i was saying like i still maintain that guy fieri is the guy from smash mouth it's just his weird bowling shirt cook persona sort of like the chris Gaines of uh pop rock singers you think that guy fieri is the alternate personality and not the other way around yeah steve harvey in the life of guy fieri I had to. I put. I, I had think to put it's, two. I think it's definitely the other way around. <laughs> Wait, what? Steve Steve Harvey I, is his is his uh, alternate yeah. persona. I like Guy Fieri. Like, have you ever actually watched one of his shows? Uh, no. He's actually like a legitimately good cook, which is better than you can say about Steve Harvey and his singing abilities. Um, I love that I got I like got Guy, Fier- him Guy Fieri's Harvey, a good cook and he, it's really fun to watch him just like get excited about food I think he's just a dude who loves food really and I've heard very he, bad things about the restaurant he opened in Manhattan though oh I'm sure it's terrible <laughs> okay that, that's part of his brand but his actual shows not that I've spent that much time watching him but I used to uh-huh. when I was in high school and I had access to TV yeah. I would like yeah I would watch his shows and I'm like yeah this dude's fun he's just like 
he just goes, you know, I like, I watched some episodes of Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives. He just goes to, you know, these restaurants that, um, are kind of unassuming and, uh, he eats, um, some of their like extremely indulgent food mm-hmm. and gets really excited about it. And it's just like kind of fun. It's like a fun, oh. harmless show. Okay. So well, that's great. I like Guy Fieri way more than, uh, uh, <laughs> Steve Harvey. Okay. Well, maybe Zach also appreciates Guy, F- Guy Fieri a little bit because he, uh, he deflected a little bit and he, he started talking about chilies and he says, it's true that you could replace every gendered pronoun and proper noun lyric in Smash Mouth songs with a different items from a chilies menu and it would scan exactly like a diner's drive-ins and dives <laughs> episode transcript. So I tried it with this song because I happen to be looking at the lyrics for this song. Oh, did you do your own personal little game of, uh, uh, of Mad Libs? Of Sad Libs, yes. Um, so for the first verse of this song, Fallen Horses... The verse goes like this. A long summer's day stretched out the cold, searching for the answers, and some say I'm not alone. Could you tell me where I might find fallen horses? Their spirits, they fly. And to replace all the nouns with items from Chili's menu, a long summer's triple dipper, stretching out the awesome blossom petals, searching for the old timer with cheese, and shrimp fajitas say I'm not alone. Could you tell me where I might find fallen Texas dry rub half-order ribs? There are honey chipotle crispers and waffles. They fly. (laughs) That is way better. (laughs) I really wish the song did that instead. So maybe maybe I would appreciate Guy Fury more because uh, I would this that's this song is definitely improved by that. Just like really triple dippers indulgent food. Also, I, I, I didn't put it in, in my reading, but uh, Triple Dipper is trademarked and Old Timer with cheese is a registered trademark. So, oh, wow. Those symbols are, are in there. Fair use. Fair use, motherfuckers. Probably. 